BFFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the bald faced truth. Shape shifting day in college athletics, not just the Pac 12, all of college athletics. Rubbernecking on this, watching realignment and expansion and a frenzy now in the Pacific time zone, mountain time zone is. Arizona State and Utah looking for somewhere to play. Stanford and Cal trying to figure out where they fit now. Washington State, Oregon State trying to figure out where they fit in the wake of Oregon and Washington today announcing that uh, they will uh, seek membership in the Big Ten Conference. Greg Byrne is the athletic director at Alabama. He worked at Oregon he worked at Oregon State in the athletic department. His father, Bill, was the athletic director at the University of Oregon back in the day. Greg Byrne went to Arizona State as a student and formerly served as Arizona's athletic director. Greg Byrne was the AD at Arizona while Larry Scott was the Pac-12 commissioner. There are few people more qualified to talk with greater depth and expertise about the Pac-12 conference than our next guest. Greg Byrne, Alabama Athletic Director, joining us. I got to know what your reaction was as you saw the news this morning. Yeah. Hey, John. Um, you know, I, listen, each school has to do what they think is right for their institution, and I get that very much. So I'm not – I'm uh, – as, a, as an AD, obviously for quite a while now, um, you, you have to make a lot of tough decisions. Some of them are popular, some of them aren't. And, uh, and when you make decisions like this, it's just not you as the AD, it's your president, it's your board, all those things. But it, you, you just went over some of my connections to the Pac-10 and Pac-12, and you know I did grow up in that league. And heck, my brother went to Stanford. He was a smart one out of the two of us. Um, you know, I, I, I was sad to see it. And, uh, you know, it's just sad that uh, a really good conference with a lot of great people uh, aren't going to be together anymore. And, and that's, that's as, as, a, as a person that uh, cares about that, that those, those institutions and, and that conference, I think it's sad to see. But I know I'm not alone in that. I think there's a lot of people throughout the country that, uh, you know, care about college sports and want to see it be viable from one end of the country to the other. And uh, and so there was, you know, I think just overall, I was talking to my wife last night, who's from Junction City, Oregon, and we were talking about the whole situation. And, and obviously, I know not everything's 100% official yet, but it certainly looks like it's headed that way. Um, you know, there's just, there's sadness to it. There is, and I think, you know, a lot of people weighing in today, Greg, about, you know, their affiliation and their memories and their traditions. And, like, you grew up with your dad as the AD at Oregon. You worked in different athletic departments. And, uh, you know, I'll get eventually to what you think went wrong for the Pac-12, but just, you know, your memories as a, as a kid in, in what was the Pac-10 conference with a dad, you know, in a high-profile job. Yeah, I mean, back when my dad became the AD, and I think it was 1983, Oregon didn't really have two nickels to rub together. And he used to wake me up in the morning and say, put on your work clothes, and we'd go down and paint the hallways at Mac Court, or we'd uh, paint parking bumpers out at Austin Stadium when there was just a big gravel lot. And, uh, and he, you know, he's probably breaking all sorts of child labor laws back then. But it was, uh, it was yeah, I had great memories. Uh, Brady Brooks, who was Rich Brooks' son, he and I would always ball boy for the visiting team at Austin Stadium. And, uh, you know, I remember the 0-0 tie with Oregon State, the Civil War, and, all. you know, there's a, there's a lot of memories out there. And so in, 
and for our vacations, we'd often go to other Pac-10 schools and and travel that footprint. And uh, it was it was a great childhood and growing up in that in that area. And I certainly, uh, you know, I was already a college athletics fan before my dad became the AD at Oregon. But you know, my time during some very formative years of my life was influenced heavily. Uh, by by the experiences within that conference and and it, and it still can be for people it's just going to be different uh, but uh, have great memories across the board and I remember going to the Pac-10 tournament basketball tournament when they were it was at uh, Poly or when it was at McHale and Arizona State as well and those were a lot of fun times and great memories and and you know it's evolved with it being in Vegas that was a good good spot for it um, but uh, you know those memories are going to be different now for for generations going forward. Greg Byrne with us, Alabama's athletic director. Uh, you were at Arizona, as I mentioned, as AD, and you know Larry Scott is the Pac-12 commissioner. And, and you know we've talked to people like Chris Hill, the former Utah AD, and Bob DeCarolis, who was at Oregon State, and Bill Moose, who was at Oregon. And you all sort of worked with Larry Scott. Um, the path to this moment feels like it started in that era. What was that like, and what? Where do you think it went wrong? Oh. There were some there were some good things going on um, initially during that time and and uh, you know I we got ahead of some of the other conferences and uh, and I and I remember thinking when that happened with my ties with the Southeastern Conference because I had come from Mississippi State before I went to Arizona I remember thinking well the SEC and the Big Ten Mike Slive Jim Delaney and then Greg Sankey they're not going to just sit back and say oh, I guess they're ahead of us I knew they would get very competitive. And one of, one of the things that um, I think the SEC, and I've, I've never worked in the Big Ten, so I can't say anything with that, but uh, the SEC does a really good job of staying focused on supporting the institutions and getting resources back to the institutions so you can then reinvest in your athletics department and your student-athlete experience and your, you know giving high-level coaches all the different things that it takes to be successful. And um, there are a couple of us that were concerned about spending decisions that were being made and that would ultimately impact the revenues that could get to the comp to the institutions that would impact our ability to be competitive on a national landscape. I'll, g I'll give you just a, one example. The revenues you get from your conference office, the revenues you generate off of your football and men's basketball and different revenue streams, um, that directly impacts how many uh, academic counselors you're going to have, how many trainers you're going to have in the training room, in the medical support you get, the nutrition that you do. You know, when I came to Alabama, just like from a nutrition standpoint, I think at that time we had five full-time dietitians on our staff here at Alabama. At Arizona, we had half. We had one that we shared with campus, is about 50%. And I used to explain to the conference office that you know, everything you can do to get those resources to the campuses gives us our chance to succeed. And, and there just wasn't a lot of interest in hearing that. And, and, uh, you know, Dr. Hart, who was our president of Arizona at the time, she really was supportive of those, of, of trying to maximize the resources for the institution. And when the athletic directors would bring that up, and especially a couple of us, we basically were told to go, you know, pound sand, that it really wasn't, uh, that really wasn't um, um, taken taken very well. And so um, now I left in 2017, so I've been gone, you know, six and a half years now. So I don't, I can't certainly speak what has happened in, in recent years. Um, but, but I knew that in our competitive environment in college sports, 
that was going to have an impact on competitiveness because, you know, here at Alabama, we recruit California for a lot of our sports, and we've gotten a lot of California kids. I was at meeting with our soccer team this morning, and, you know, I think we have a couple kids from California, or at least out west, on our team this year, and they come and see this, the experience that they have here at Alabama, and it's really good. Uh, and and that that impacts your ability to support your kids and, and support your program overall, and then I think that has an impact on that. So anytime we would bring some of those things up, they're they're just it it didn't go very well at times, John. Greg Byrne with us, Alabama athletic director. The uh, the decision with the Pac-12 networks to become a media company um, as that was unfolding, I know there were a lot of promises that were sold, a lot of upside revenue that didn't ever materialize. Uh, at the time, though. Was there excitement around it? Did did it feel like this had a puncher's chance to work out? Yeah, at the time, I think we were we were all bought in and trying to to promote it. I remember all of, a lot of the ads were asked to do an ad to support the Pac-12 networks and you know change your cable provider and because with the standoff with Directv and uh, there was um, you know we we thought that was the right thing to do. We wanted to be supportive and we did that and and obviously. Uh, you know, you were, we were all in. We made that commitment. We, I, I remember reading stuff about, you know, that there was a low, a medium, and a high on projected revenue with the Pac-12, and, and I think there was some discussion whether that was ever um, basically told to us, and it absolutely was told to us. Um, that was something that we were trying to figure out from a budgeting standpoint, how we move forward as as individual athletic departments, and and. Uh, and when those things didn't become a reality, it put all of us in a really tough spot. And uh, and so, uh, you know, I think as that strategy um, was beginning to have have some holes in it, I I think um, there probably was a doubling down at on it, and uh, and that created uh, and that created further challenges. And and so, you know, I can't speak for the last few years, but uh, you know, during that time, that started to be questioning about what uh, the impact was now you know listen though you make I've, I've made bad decisions and so we any anybody that's in a leadership position is going to and but what you also try to do is when you have you know challenges that come along and you realize that maybe you aren't on the right path what can you learn from it how can you grow and um, and so there would be there would be times as athletics directors and, and there was you know like I said dr. Hart was very supportive uh, you know that there was the uh, there was the interest to uh, try to try to see if there would be different paths and 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 I think I, I, I don't know George uh, Kliakov but uh, other than saying hello to him but you know I, I think there was probably more uh, dialogue and openness to that and that was probably healthy um, but you know just it is where it is now and I think it was a combination of a lot of things over a long period of time that's put some athletic departments and institutions in a tough spot, and I and I feel for everybody. There's a lot of fans who are not comfortable losing the tradition, the nostalgia, the geography. It feels like semi-pro football. At Alabama, you're competing at the highest level. At the SEC, you're competing at the highest level of college football. What is this going to look like 20 years from now in your mind? Where is this headed? That's that's a good question. We're obviously spending a lot of time talking about it and seeing what it looks like. Obviously, the last couple of years there's been the perfect storm. There's been the transfer portal and NIL on top of it, without a lot of uh, parameters around it. I know people have 
you know, been critical at times about leadership in college sports, and some of it's deserved. I, I, I recognize that. I also can tell you as a, as a person that's in an athletic department with 21 teams, uh, 650 kids, and we have a, a, you know, we certainly make a profit with our football program. We make a, 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 a little bit of a profit with our men's basketball program. You know, we have 19 sports that, that costs a lot of, of resources for us as an institution, but we're committed to that. We're committed to broad-based programming. And so what it will look like, I think the evolution is happening. Today was a big step in that evolution. What I just hope, John, is that we can find a way to make sure we continue to have a lot of sports for a lot of kids and have those opportunities to bring everybody together under the walls of an athletics department. It's, even though there is a business side to it, there's no doubt um, there, there is, there is a, um, there is, there is something about college sports that you can't capture anywhere else. And what I don't want to see, and I'm concerned about, obviously, you know, right now, what, what it looks like for Oregon State, Washington State, and the, and the Bay Area schools, um, is that going to impact how many Olympic sports schools can have? I, I don't know. But, you know, that's, that's, they're going to, they're going to have, have those things to look at. Uh, but I, I hope that there can be a way that we can find a balance there between having the ability to compete at the highest levels, which is what we want to do here at Alabama. We're committed to that, but also having the ability to be competitive across the board and have a great experience for student athletes, you know, when you have all the programs that we all have. Craig Byrne, Alabama Athletic Director. Uh, I'll cut you loose soon. I just think you're such an important person to have with your perspective working and being around the conference so much. And, you know, there have been other pushes and other times where re realignment was flirted with. Can you remember at your time at Arizona, other instances like this where boards were meeting and presidents were talking? And I can't remember media being this involved and the public being this involved, but certainly there were other discussions. Yeah, it was, it, there certainly were. I mean, uh, back when the Pac-10 became the Pac-12 and almost became the Pac-16, uh, that was... Uh, an aggressive stance that Larry took, uh, and the and the presidents I think were supportive of it. And then you know it didn't happen with Texas and Oklahoma and the different schools, and ended up with Colorado and Utah. Uh, so that was a very um, unstable time, I guess the best way to say. I, I know the Big Twelve at that point was was concerned about their longevity, and and they were able to survive. And you know Bob Bowles became in and and stabilized it, and and then when. When Texas and Oklahoma came here to the SEC and that got announced, I think Bob did a really good job as the commissioner and jumped in and, and got four schools right away to stabilize, uh, you know, some really choppy waters at the time. You know, and, and what you what doesn't get broadcast and published a whole lot is there's sometimes other, you know, behind the scenes conversations that take place. And, and uh, you know, when you're a, when you're geographically at a place that, you know, touches other conferences or, or close to it, you know, you, you're naturally on that radar screen. And so uh, for, for some other conferences at other times. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think it's it's happened over the years. I think, the, you know, who knows what there will be in the future. I, I really do hope there can be a stability going forward for a while because I do think that's healthy for the enterprise of college sports. But uh, there's always that uh, – there's always that – that risk of, of instability and and uh, just because again not I'm not here to criticize any institutions they you know they have to do what they think is best for their school and I respect that very much um, and but I but I do hope that there can be some stability let me ask you you know you don't have to speak specifically to any of the schools that are left but you know it looks like Arizona State and Utah 
are chasing Big 12 membership. It looks like uh, Oregon State and Washington State and Stanford and Cal are plotting their next move. But, you know, for the fan bases who are listening that, you know, may not have a home yet in Pullman and Corvallis, um, you know, that's that's a scary thing for them. What do you say to those fans as, as an AD who's, you know, knee-deep in this business every day? Well, I think I, 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 uh, I know Pat Chun, the AD at Washington State, and Kirk Schultz, their president. Um, we used to be at Mississippi State together, and I, I know Scott Barnes, and I don't know the president of Oregon State anymore. Uh, and I, I, I know, I, Jonathan Smith was the quarterback when, when I was a fundraiser at Oregon State in the, in the late 90s. So it's a bit fun to watch him evolve to where he is. You know, you got some really good people in some really important positions there. And I, I think they'll do their very best to try to stabilize uh, their their individual institutions and make the best decisions that they can to put them in the best possible position going forward. And I know that was what they were already doing uh, beforehand. Um, and, uh, you know, I certainly, uh, you know, I, Justin Wilcox, or, you know, Cal, I've known him since he was in grade school. Um, and, you know, I, I hope there, there's some really good people in those positions of leadership there, and they'll they'll do the very best they can to put their comp, their schools and institutions in the best possible position for success in the future. Greg Byrne, thank you for your time and expertise. I wish you the best. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. There is a voice from the SEC. Um, look, I hope you appreciate the the depth of guests that we bring on the show. You've heard from Greg Byrne who's worked uh, for most of his professional life in and around the Pac-12 conference, Pac-10 conference, now onto the SEC. He's seen major college athletics from every side, give you a perspective maybe you didn't have. You heard from Peter Courtney, the former president of the Oregon Senate. I want your phone calls from now until the end of the show. I'll give you my input on what Oregon State and Oregon should do. I'll share it next. I want yours and your reaction. 503-417-7575, University of Oregon speaking out. We'll have sound from them. Washington State coach Jake Dickert uh, learned in real time, sounded like a lot like the callers on today's show who was kind of reeling, guy who'd grown up around the conference, disappointed in what is happening. Um, Oregon and Oregon State uh, have played in a Civil War football series that's one of the longest standing rivalries in college athletics. Oregon says they want to play those games moving forward. Will Oregon State sign on for it? Do they have room on their non-conference schedule to play those games? Is there room in the Big Ten for Washington State and Oregon State? We can talk more about that. From a media perspective, probably not. But I'll tell you the moves that I see for the Cougars and the Beavers next, plus how I think Oregon will fare in this new Big Ten conference world that they are picking. 503-417-7575 is a number. Leave it here.